0: It's May 25th, 2019, and that means there's seven months left until Christmas. Today on the show, there's only 25 letters of the alphabet, because we've got no L for you! (laughs) Ha ha! Nailed it! Plus, we've got a hilarious carol medley for the month of May, we'll list the top five funniest quotes from Christmas movies, and we'll top it off with the latest delicious showdown in our Road to the Christmas Bowl! Okay, let's start the show! Greetings, fellow Christmas tears! Thanks for joining me for another merry episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. Always glad to find someone else who's ready to put a little Christmas spirit in their spring. But it turns out we're not the only ones. And right away, that leads us to our very first segment We Need a Little Christmas, Now! We need a So if you follow us on Facebook, you've already seen this, but I thought it was worth mentioning again on the show. I'm talking about this video from the Holderness family. Now if you don't know them, they are an internet famous family that makes funny videos, and they've had a few go viral. Probably their most famous series was their video Christmas cards they do every year. Or you might know them from the video they made last year during the big Baby It's Cold Outside controversy. They pulled a Weird Al Yankovic on the song and changed the male part of the song to be about respecting a woman's choices. I thought it was pretty funny, and if it had come out before I talked about that song, on the show I totally would have played a clip of it but really it's my show I can play a clip of it now if I want and I want I really can't stay okay you're free to go I've got to go understood no means no this evening has been super appropriate but I do understand consent will start to Worry. Definitely text her right now. Be the Here's the code, and there is the two so really I am gonna stand over well, here. Maybe just a half a drink you more. You are in control of this the thing. The neighbors might think. Invite them over if you like. Say, what's in this drink? i um, nothing but Sprite. But that's not the reason I bring up the Holderness family. They've actually done something much more recent a medley of Christmas songs that just came out earlier in May. Well, sort of. They're actually Mayember carols. See, their premise is, May is such a busy month, especially for parents with graduations and projects and recitals and all these things. It's almost like the hustle and bustle of the lead up to the holidays. It definitely hit home for me a few times. Here's a little taste. Up on the stage now, it's my kid. We're proud of how great he did at his recital in mid-May. To stay, no, 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 we can't go two hours more in the show. Don't really care about all his friends. 1045 till this thing ends. The full video is linked in the show notes at cantwaitforchristmaspod.com so you can experience all the Maysember goodness for yourself. Speaking of Christmas goodness, let's get some cinematic Christmas laughs in today's five golden things. Christmas movies! You love them, you watch them, you know an inordinate amount about them. For me, I have a bunch of Christmas quotes taking up space in my brain. Where normal people have important facts like political expertise or mechanical knowledge, I have a full catalog of Christmas movie quotes. So as long as I've got this surplus of quotes taking up space in my brain, I thought I might use some for this podcast. For this list, I'm focusing on the Christmas movie quotes that make me laugh. Hopefully, they'll make you laugh too. Let's get started with... Number 5 You sit on a throne of lies. This quote from the movie Elf is useful all year round. Like, I was at a party and someone offered me some LaCroix and I said, No thanks, LaCroix tastes like someone was making a recipe for soda and got amnesia halfway through it. But the party host had the nerve to say, Oh no, 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 the coconut one is actually pretty good. Now, not only do I not like LaCroix, I don't like coconut. So a team-up between the two of them can bring me nothing but sadness. So I felt this was a perfect time to break this quote out, and I turned to the hostess and I said, You sit on a throne of lies? I don't think the host was as amused as I was, but she stopped offering me LaCroix. Come to think of it, she's never invited me to another party either. Hmm. Number four. If you utter so much as one syllable, I'll hunt you down and gut you like a fish! If you'd like to fax me press the star key hmm. this is the grinch's answering machine from the live action how the grinch stole christmas starring jim carrey i love it because it's so crazy over the top and it's also a great time capsule of the early 2000s when people still had a physical answering machines and b fax machines i like to make this the outgoing message in my cell phone because 90 of the calls i get are just telemarketers but it would be super embarrassing to explain if my mom heard that voicemail when she called me number three there's a tradition that says, I have to kiss this girl on the lips. Well, she's just upholding the law. It's a federal law, actually. It's not just a state thing. Right. Thank you. There are a lot of quotes I could pull from the movie Scrooged, and that is a movie I'd love to take a deep dive into one day. But this part always makes me laugh. It's just a little throwaway line buried in Bill Murray's epic ending speech, but it always tickles me. I do try to drop this in in conversations when people are talking about rules or restrictions, but it's harder to work into regular conversation than you might think. Number two. I don't even wear pajamas. Normally I sleep naked. Fuck naked. Ah. Morning, Mrs. McLean, Mary Catherine? Nice This is from the Tim Allen film, The Santa Claus. He's just been confronted by his ex-wife about his red silk pajamas that he doesn't remember getting at the North Pole because he can't wrap his adult mind around the fact that he actually visited the North Pole. So for some reason, he decides to shout after his ex as she drives away that he normally sleeps naked. And just then, a mother and her young daughter walk by. I love this, not only because it's ridiculous, but we can all relate to shouting something embarrassing just as someone you wouldn't want to hear it walks by. Honorable Mentions. Just a heads up, the first two of these honorable mentions have some salty language. I'm going to bleep it out, but in case that's not good enough for you, you might want to smash that 30-second skip button a couple times, because the first quote is coming in 3, 2, 1. And this is Natalie. She's new, like you. Hello, Natalie. Hello, David. I mean, sir, I can't believe I've just said that. And now I've going to say s*** twice. I'm so sorry, sir. It's fine, it's fine. You could have said and then we'd have been in real trouble. Thank you, sir. I did have an awful premonition I was going to f*** up on my first day. Oh, f*** it. (laughs) Right. Come on. That's comedy gold. If you didn't recognize it, it's from Love Actually, where Maureen McCoochin's Natalie is meeting Hugh Grant's Prime Minister for the first time. Natalie just keeps making it worse with everything she says. It's so relatable. How can you not laugh at that? Then, we have this classic rant from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap-danced with Danny K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of this side of the nuthouse. I haven't seen this movie in years, but I remember this line made me cry with laughter the last time I saw it. I have a weakness for people snapping. It always just hits me on a visceral level and makes me laugh. So that's why I had to give this a spot on the list somewhere. Okay, I'm going to throw in one more honorable mention so the 30-second skip folks have a chance to catch up. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Put that down. Hello? Hello? Back to phones and back to the movie Elf. I really want to start answering the phone like this. I don't know why I don't. Sure, most people would be utterly confused, but that 0. .0001% of the people who got it would love it. Okay, I think the 30-second skippers have caught up to us now, and it's safe to move on to... Number one! Mary! Mary! Who's down there with you? It's George Bailey, Mother. George Bailey? What's he want? I don't know. What do you want? Hey not a thing. I I just came in to get warm. He's making violent love to me, mother. This It's a Wonderful Life gem gets elevated to the number one spot for how unexpected it is. Who would have thought that you could get away with saying this back in the old days, especially coming out of sweet Donna Reed's mouth. And although the quote is funny, you can't see on the podcast Jimmy Stewart's reaction when Donna Reed says it just really sells it. In a film I mostly remember for pulling at my heartstrings, I enjoy that this one hearty laugh is in there too. And that's my list, but I know I must have forgot plenty, so what do you think? What Christmas movie quotes make you laugh? Email them into us at christmas at tancast.com or leave them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at the website Can't can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Speaking of your feedback, let's roll on to our next segment, feedback from our last show. Messages from listeners everywhere. On our last, show. On our last, show. last time, I did a five golden things about different American cities I'd like to visit during Christmas time, and I asked if you felt I'd left any off. Well, Glenn stepped up to the challenge when he wrote in and said, Tim, love the recent episode. Yours is one of my favorite Christmas podcasts. I want to let you know about some Canadian Christmas destinations, but first, I wanted to mention another U.S. spot, Frankenmuth, Michigan. This is the home to Brahmer's, the world's largest Christmas store, but Frankenmuth has many other Christmas things to do during December, as well as year-round Christmas stuff. There's the Christmas-themed restaurant, the old Christmas station. Plus, during the holiday season, the whole of downtown is decorated in the Eastern European tradition. It's like going to a Bavarian Christmas market, but in the U.S. Thank you, Glenn. He does go on to talk about a lot of great Canadian Christmas destinations, but I'm thinking that might be useful for a future Top 5 segment. And I've never been to Frankenmuth, but I'll certainly add it to my Christmas bucket list. Speaking of my Christmas bucket list, one of the cities on my list was New York, but I was worried it wouldn't live up to the hype. But Alonzo assuaged my fears. He says, I got to go to New York in December 2010 on my book tour, and it lived up to this Californian's idea of what Manhattan at Christmas time would look like. And if I ever win the lottery, I want to take one of those river cruises to all the European Christmas markets in places like Belgium and Germany. Thanks, Alonzo. Good to know that New York lives up to the hype, and I feel I should mention the book tour he was talking about was to promote his book, Have a Movie Little Christmas, a movie guide all about Christmas movies. If you'd like to pick yourself up a copy, I put a link in the show notes at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And one more bit of feedback from the last show. Last episode was our Christmas Bowl face-off between green bean casseroles and yams. We'll get to the results later in the show, but I wanted to share this comment we got from Leslie. She says... Even though my family doesn't make any form of yams for Christmas, I still voted for it. That's how much I despise green bean casserole. My mom always makes her famous hot pineapple dish, which is similar to any kind of candied yams dish, only with pineapple chunks. I've made it just cuz a few times. It's that good. That good is capitalized. Also, the recipe is very simple. If you'd like, I can share it with you and the listeners another time. So she left that as a comment on the website, and several people commented that they'd like to hear the recipe. Someone even suggested that it would be a good fit for Christmas in July. I would like to publicly add my name to the list of people who'd love to hear this recipe, and Leslie, if you email it to me, I'd be happy to put it in our Christmas in July episode and make everyone happy. Hit me up, as you kids say. And now, from feedback about a specific episode to more general stuff, let's open up Santa Babs Mailbag. Santa Bab he is gonna read some emails from you or tweets or Facebook messages to Santa Bab he is opening up his mailbag tonight. Of all the mail we've gotten recently, I knew I had to read this one from Daryl. Not just because it's a fun letter, but because he sent it to me twice. Once via Twitter message and once via Christmas at TanCast.com. That kind of dedication deserves to be rewarded. So... Daryl says, Hey Tim, I recently discovered the show and I'm happy to say I'm only four episodes away from being all caught up. I'd like to thank you personally for what you do. Your podcast has given me hours of enjoyment and lifted me up at points when I may have been feeling a bit down. I am blown away by the effort that you put into the show and the level of fan interaction. Okay, so let me get to the point of my email. I have always been a Christmas fanatic. My wife might say too much. My love for Christmas was handed down to me from my grandfather. He is sadly no longer with us, but traditions live on through me, and I am happy to say I've passed those down to my four-year-old son, Anakin, who is also becoming obsessed with Christmas. He begs to watch Christmas movies year-round, which I don't mind. My question to you is this. Where is an episode dedicated to the Christmas story movie? That was in all caps. That's why I had to shout it. I mean, come on, stations dedicate 24 hours to this movie, so I think the mighty Santa babby could dedicate a 10-minute segment. Don't tell me you are one of those Christmas story haters, are you? Are you, Tim? Once again, that was all capitalized. In all seriousness, I'd love to hear your take on this, as it was one of my favorite memories watching this each year with my grandpa, and it is, to this day, my favorite movie, Christmas or otherwise. Thanks for all you do. You may not know it sometimes, but you make a difference in some people's lives. Wow, Daryl, thank you very much. That's so, I mean, it's incredibly sweet of you to say. And I do plan to get around to a Christmas story someday, but full disclosure, the last time I watched it, I was uh, i was in my early, early 20s, and I was bored out of my mind. Now, granted, I was at a lady's house watching the movie, and it had become clear just before we started the movie that she was not interested in me that way I'm doing quotation fingers So I might have just been Bummed out And that might have Affected my enjoyment Of the movie And I just haven't Revisited it since So I will definitely Give it another try In the near future But I also have to point out The Mighty Santa Babby Is a weird nickname But I like it Sounds like I'm a superhero Who was bitten By a radioactive Santa And now I Fight crime As the Mighty Santa Babby Anyway Thanks again for writing in But now Let's turn to Current Christmas events With our next segment All I want for Christmas is news. Baby, all I want for Christmas is news. Yeah. Give me that news, baby. So this just came across my desk from the Disney Parks blog. Apparently, for the month of June, the original Soarin' Over California will be back at Disney's California Adventure at Disneyland Resort. This is exciting news for me. Not just because the new Soarin' Over the World is objectively inferior due to its abundance of CGI. Hot take! But the important part for us Christmas fans is that the finale of Soarin' Over California has you flying over Disneyland at Christmas time. You can have yourself a little Christmas and summer at the happiest place on Earth. Well, technically, it's next door to the happiest place on earth, but you get the idea. And speaking of a little Christmas in June, one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network is bringing Christmas to your taste buds this summer. It's the Christmas Past Summer 2019 Cookie Swap. You can sign up at the link in the show notes, and when you do, you'll be paired up with another sugar plum, and you'll swap Christmas cookies. But hurry, sign-ups end June 24th, so sign up before it's too late, and get your Christmas cookie on! And speaking of the Christmas Podcast Network, let's hear a word from one of the other fine podcasts of the network. Hi everyone, Dwayne Bailey here from the Tinsel Tunes Podcast. Did you know Silent Night is the most recorded holiday song of all time? Over 137,000 times and counting. Come join us each month as I dive into Christmas music and reveal lots of interesting facts like that. Also, learn about your old favorites, as well as getting a heads up for the new Music each season. We're on all the podcast networks like iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Check out our website, tinseltunes.com, for all the links as well as our socials. I look forward to seeing you all soon. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collection of the greatest Christmas podcasts around. You can find out more about that show and all the great shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. And now, let's move on to today's main feature. Hey, is it finally time for me? No alleged ghost of Bing Crosby. We're not talking about you today. You said last year you were gonna do an episode about old Bing. Yet the year is almost half over, and you have done bub, 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 kiss. Don't worry, Ghost Bing. I didn't forget you. That's just not what we're doing today. Well, what is the topic for today, baby? Well, I realized that after this episode, the next time we talk, it will be Leon Day, June twenty-fifth, the halfway point to Christmas. Now we've talked about Leon Day on the show before, so you probably know that it's called Leon Day because Leon is Noel spelled backwards. But what exactly is Noel? I thought it might be good to learn about Noel before we celebrate Leon. Noel? I can help you with that. Hit it, Ghost Choir. Noel, 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 Noel. The first Noel the angel did say. Was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. Thanks, Ghost Bing. That actually starts us off nicely. Don't mention it, baby. So my first question was, exactly what is Noel? Like, it's a word we say every Christmas, but I don't know what it actually means. Fortunately, I have a magic box in my pocket that talks to the internet and answers all my questions. Hey, Suri, what does Noel mean? Noel means Christmas, especially as a refrain in carols and on Christmas cards. Huh. So Noël means Christmas. Seems anticlimactic. I feel like there's more to the story than that. Well, fortunately, I can use Google like a champion. One second. Okay, it says that Joyeux Noël means Merry Christmas in French. Okay, so Noël is the French word for Christmas. Wait, there's more, though. It says that we get the word Noël from the Middle English word Noël. N-O-W-E-L-L. The definition of that word is shout of joy or Christmas song. So, it not only means Christmas, but it also means a Christmas song or a shout for joy that has nothing to do with Christmas? These dictionaries need to talk to each other and figure these things out. Okay, well, it's always interesting to look into what a word means. And, oh wait, a new tab popped up. The Middle English word, Noël, probably has its roots in the French word, Niel, which is derived from the Latin word, Natalis. Whew, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon over here. Anyway, Natalis means birth. Oh, okay, well that makes sense. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus, and a lot of early masses were conducted in Latin, which people didn't understand. So I'm sure they heard the Latin word for birth tossed around a bunch during Christmas services and just associated with Christmas. Then they mangled the pronunciation like they were Tim Babb reading an actress's name for the first time, and bingo, bango, Noel means Christmas. Okay, that's a pretty complete explanation. I can get behind that. So let's move on to, uh uh-oh, another tab popped up. Oh, okay, so there's another theory that Noel actually comes from the French word... Nouvelles, and Nouvelles means news, so they think Jesus' coming is good news, so that's why it came to be associated with Christmas. Huh. Two good theories, I guess. Why? what if it's both? People were hearing about the news of Jesus' birth, got the Latin word crossed with the French word, and boom, you got yourself a Noel. Seems legit. But we can't just leave it there. If we're going to talk about the word Noel, we've got to talk about the Christmas carol that features it so prominently, the first Noel. Noel, 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 Noel. Bing, 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 bing. Once is fine. You don't have to crank it up again. Uh, Suit yourself, baby. So the first Noel might be one of the oldest Christmas carols that we still sing. Even though it was first published in 1823, it's believed to have existed as early as the 13th or 14th century. It's interesting that this carol had the staying power that it did because its musical phrasing is very different from English folk music of the time, and it actually gets some details wrong about the first Noel. The song makes it sound like the shepherds followed the star to find Jesus, but in the Bible, the shepherds talk to the angels. It's the magi who follow the star. I read that some scholars believe that this is evidence that the carol was written by someone who didn't have an educated background, but who did have a lot of love and faith. And he or she confused the details of the nativity story and their excitement to create the song. You see, not that many Bibles were around when the song was likely first written, so it's not like the writer could just go look this up. So they just put it together with what they remembered from church. Now, you may have noticed I said he or she because we don't know who actually wrote this song. We know it was first published in the book carols, ancient and modern in 1823, but that book was a collection of old Christmas folk songs. They weren't written by editors William Sandys and Davies Gilbert. They just wanted to preserve these old songs, which were falling out of favor and becoming a lost art at the time. Then in 1871, English composer John Stainer arranged the song in a four-part hymn arrangement that all modern versions of the song are based on. But how did it get so popular? Well, According to the book, Stories Behind the Best Loved Songs of Christmas by Ace Collins, available now at your local library, it has to do with the Yule Log. You see, they posit that English peasants often began their Christmas season by lighting the Yule Log, and part of that tradition included singing the first Noel as the log was first lit. Thus, the song was likely the first Christmas song sung every season. So even as the Yule Log started to fall out of favor as something people did every year, the first Noel remained popular. It's been recorded by artists as varied as Nat King Cole, Carrie Underwood, Andy Williams, Lady Antebellum, Josh Groban, and of course, Bing Crosby. Pentatonix. Hey. Born as the king of Israel. Nailed it. I'm out. <laughs> okay. So, that's a little info on Noel for you. Now you can celebrate your Leon day with confidence. You're welcome. But before I turn you loose, we've got a food fight to mediate. It's time to move along down the road, road to, to the Christmas, the... Christmas Bowl! <personaje noise> <laughs> All year, we're going to be having two different Christmas dishes compete each month for your votes until we decide what is the ultimate Christmas food. Last time, as we mentioned earlier, it was a side dish smackdown as yams took on green bean casserole. And the people have spoken. Green bean casserole scored a decisive victory with 75% of the vote. Sorry, Leslie, I know one of those 75% was not you. So green bean casserole will be joining mincemeat pie and hot cocoa in round two later this year. But round one's not done, son. Let's, Let's meet. meet tonight's, tonight's contestants. contestants. In the red corner, we have a staple of the Christmas meal. There is some debate if it's better with whole berries or completely jellied. But most agree it's not only good with dinner, but goes great with the turkey sandwiches made from leftovers the next day. It's cranberries. sauce! In the Green Corner. It's the dessert that's so good it made it into the song There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays. Legend has it there's actually some pumpkin in this thing. But all I can taste is the sugar, spices, and mounds of whipped cream on top. It's Pumpkin Pie! And now it's up to you and your sweet tooth. The poll is open now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. You can vote once a day, every day, until the polls close on June 23rd. Then we'll announce the winner in our June 25th show and see which one of these will continue on the road, the road to, the to the Christmas, Christmas Bowl. Ball. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to sign up for the Christmas Past Summer 2019 Cookie Swap before June 24th. You can find the link at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And while you're there and thinking about food, be sure to vote in the Christmas Bowl poll. As a reminder, if you review us on Apple Podcasts and send us an email to christmas at tancast.com letting us know which review is yours, we will send you either a can't wait for Christmas sticker or temporary tattoo. Your choice. So, please help spread the word about this holly jolly little show. But most of all, Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2019. Oh. Oh, 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 thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Or we're available on Stitcher and Google Play as well. If you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, bumper stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas merchandise all year long. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can'twaitforchristmaspod. Or on Twitter, we are at christmaspod. Or you could always send us an email directly at christmas at Tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Kristen Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Oh, oh. Plus, we've got a hilarious Carol Medley for the month of May. We'll list the top five funniest Christmas quotes from Christmas movies, and we'll top it off with the latest delicious showdown in our Road to the Christmas Bowl. Okay, let's do this over. Christmas quotes from Christmas movies is a little redundant. If you didn't recognize it, it's from Love actually, where Marine Macuchen? You <laughs> Marine McCoochin? I'm going to say Macuchen. Macuchen. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not I can You know what? What can I tell you? I don't always pronounce names right. Okay. I think the thirty-second skippers have caught us to us. Oh. I, I thought I was gonna mess up on skippers, but I messed up on caught up. Meh, tongue, get in line. Frankenmuth, Michigan, Michigan. Why can't I say Michigan? I'm I can barely make it through Frankenmuth, which I can't believe someone put that together and said yeah, call it that. But Michigan, I'm having a hard time pronouncing a a state I've said many times. This is the home to Brahmers, the world's largest Christmas store, but Frankenmirth has... No, not Mirth. See? Now I'm getting it. I'm mispronouncing uh, the name I expected to mispronounce. So she left that as a comment on the website, and several people commented that they're like... Why? Why? Why, tongue? Come on, tongue. All you have to do is talk English. That's what you do. That's literally all you do. It's the Christmas past summer two thousand nineteen. Yeah. I was gonna say summer two thousand nine. Oh, we missed it by like a decade. Well, what is the topic for today, baby? My Bing Crosby impression sounds nothing like Bing Crosby, but he's just a fun guy to do. Okay, it says that joyous joya joyex X Noel. How do you spell, How do you pronounce X Noel? Things I should have thought about before I started recording. This is one of those things that I don't think about before I start. Joyeux Noël, how do you pronounce it? I don't even know. Pronunciation, boom. What do you got for me, YouTube? Hello, everyone. Today we're going to learn how to pronounce Joyeux Noël in French. Joyeux Noël means Merry Christmas. I think we just pronounced it. Joyeux means actually happy. And Noel means Christmas. So it's literally saying happy Christmas. So for the first word, Joyeur, there's two syllables. The first one is joie and the second one is y. Joie has this Joyeux. Joyeux Noel. Alright. Thank you, uh the seven butterflies for teaching me how to pronounce joyeux. It's not only good with dinner, but goes great with the turkey sandwiches made from Lex... Tim, run on sentences. Why?